This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you been struggling lately? Maybe you're having trouble sleeping, difficulty with the relationship, or just suffering from low self-esteem. If so, then BetterHelp wants to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and to help you. You get to talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network, and they give you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just need to fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Join the 2 million-plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. And there's a special offer to Nowhere to Be Found listeners. You'll get 10% off of your first month, but only if you go through the link or type in betterhelp.com slash ntbf for Nowhere to Be Found. That's better betterhelp.com slash ntbf. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. And you can find the link in our show notes and on our website, nowheretobefoundpodcast.com. Previously on Nowhere to Be Found. So I don't know if this thing with Michael at this party was a confrontation, if it was something from the past that wasn't settled. Well, evidently he was camping and he's been missing since 4 a.m. One of the kids that was there sat down and wrote the list out for us. Before we hear the interview, I want to show you something. I'm going to give you a couple scenarios. The first one's a question. What did you have for lunch last Tuesday? Now, some people might know exactly what they had for lunch last Tuesday because maybe something memorable happened. Like, they went out to lunch with their husband or wife, or maybe you were sick and someone brought you soup. What if I ask you exactly what time you ate that meal? Who else was there? Did you finish the entire meal? What time was it when you were done? Most people will have a hard time answering all of those correctly. If you did manage to answer all of those correctly, how sure are you? Are you 100% sure? If you say that you ate lunch around 11.30, are you 100% certain that it wasn't actually noon? Are you so sure that you'd be willing to testify that in front of thousands of people while they scrutinize your every word? Probably not. Recall is hard. Recalling events from 60 plus days ago is even harder. Okay, here's the second scenario. Imagine you live on a cul-de-sac. It's the middle of the night and you hear a commotion outside. You look out your front window and find that the commotion is coming from the center of the cul-de-sac. From where you are standing, you can see straight in front of your house and into the cul-de-sac, but you can't, for example, see into your neighbor's side yard, or even your own side yard. But your neighbors across the street can see into your side yards perfectly, though not their own. This is what it's like to be a witness. We're all walking around, seeing life through our own biases and experiences. Generally, this makes it very hard to see the big picture in any given situation. So even if you do have perfect recall and are able to accurately depict events, that doesn't mean that you're seeing the full picture. 
But if enough people pull their accounts together, we can slowly piece together what actually happened. So what did we just learn? We learned recall is hard. And we also learned that even if you have perfect recall, you may not have all the answers. Try and remember that and have grace and compassion for those willing to come forward and give their account. And hopefully more will follow. So here it is. The first piece of the puzzle of what happened August 5th. I'm your host, Amanda Papineau, and this is Nowhere to be Found. Hello? Hi, is this Donovan? Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good. Um, Yeah, so I just kind of wanted to get some um, information from you since you were actually there. It seems like there's not a lot of people who are coming forward on stuff and yeah just kind of see if we can put our heads together and see if there's anything that comes up yeah definitely so i guess just start like how did you meet michael um i met him probably like a little less than a year ago saw him a couple times at some bars but then really got to know him at a friend's house just for a party and then saw him around a few times and then were you also friends with ben the guy that he was driving up there with yeah, Ben Primal. He's a local DJ. He uh, DJs down at Cowfish occasionally. I've known him for maybe a little under six months. Okay. Um, I guess like how like who invited you to this party? I mean, you so you. Yeah, I was actually uh, roommates with the birthday girl for the party. Okay. So yeah, uh, my best friend's partners with her, and uh, yeah, went up there as a group on Monday. And like you went kind of intending to stay for the full four days yeah it was initially going to be monday through wednesday Mm -hmm. so like three days and were you tent camping or did you have like an rv or like what were you guys doing yeah we were uh i was personally tent camping uh the birthday girl and my best friend uh he has a van so they were in the van but yeah i was pitching a tent out there so when did you actually get there you said it was monday through wednesday yeah i got there monday i believe it was around noon a little bit before noon you drove yourself there uh no i rode with the birthday girl my roommates all right so um you get there monday like at noon you guys just kind of set everything up i'm assuming yeah um some people were there prior with like the dj equipment and whatnot but nothing was really set up officially yet so we kind of set up camp and then went over and helped them set up the dj the stage uh light dome and all right it was definitely like a mini renegade out there had some resources like a generator and just kind of set up at a random camp out there how structured was this party was it like invite there only was some planning we had a group message like kind of pre-planning it for i'd have to say like a month maybe at least and uh yeah just kind of coordinating with a bunch of different friends bringing what resources they had to set it up Okay. Was there a cover? Uh, there was not, no. It was just, uh, only real shelter there was the two buses that were up there, and then whatever tents we brought, but it was just open space. Okay. Uh, I'm, was there, like, a charge to get in? Oh, was there a cover? Yeah. No, there was not. No, okay, I just checking. It was just pretty relaxed, uh, 
There's no security, nothing set up like that. Okay, so you could just kind of come and go. People could kind of just come in and come out as they... Yep. Okay. There's no checkpoint. Gotcha. All right, so then that that first day, everything pretty much goes according to plan. No problems. And then two... I mean, there was the second day. There was a little hiccup. I guess over the course of the first night, we... uh got a noise complaint from like a mile and a half down somebody complained about the loud music because it's a ravine so the acoustics travel and uh yeah the forest rangers came out that second day and uh basically like came up told us all that he was confiscating the dj equipment the speakers all that but then he kind of realized he was one man and there was like 40 people there and thousands of pounds worth of equipment that he was not prepared to carry out they only come out there once in a while you know once a day really yeah 24 hours maybe so we weren't really worried about him coming back that night specifically I'm assuming these are going pretty late camping trips in general. People are up probably to the wee hours of the morning and then sleeping in. Yeah, if not all day. Right. If you get sleep. Okay, and then I saw somewhere along the line that maybe there was a photo booth there? Yeah, um, it was not like your typical photo booth you might find in a bar. It was more like a, you know those, just to kind of put it in perspective, you know those play structures where it kind of looks like a, half dome yeah yeah we had one of those set up it was a 30 foot structure he set up a professional like camera stand camera and then lights we had like a bean bag in the middle and actually a couple swings hanging off from it michael was chilling near the photo booth like on the bean bag area for quite a while actually just kind of hanging out resting okay so there was a professional uh photographer out there and uh was the photographer also just kind of like hanging with the part, like they're also part of the party, or just strictly there yeah, taking photos? Sure he was camping out there too, so he wasn't doing it the whole time, but it was pro bono, so he was kind of doing it pretty lax. Do you know who it was? Is he like a professional? No, I don't. Oh, okay. Um, and those photos kind of just disappeared off the face of the planet, it seems like. Uh, yeah, to my knowledge. Um, I haven't seen any. I know they were being taken and. It was her 21st, too, right? Yeah, it was her 21st birthday. Okay, yeah. yeah. So maybe we got to figure out how to get some of those photos. Um, so that's Tuesday. So are you, like, talking to Michael, basically, like, on and off? Are you guys, like, having conversations? Yeah, like, passing by, we would be talking. Uh, the night before he went missing, at one point, he told me that uh, his wallet went missing on one of the buses that was there. And okay. that he had $600 in it. And right. that he hadn't found it yet. Uh-oh. But he didn't seem too upset about it, to my surprise, considering there was like $600 in it. But Oh, yeah, that's a lot of money to be carrying in your wallet. Yeah, and for it to go missing and kind of not caring. Yeah. That's that's laid back of him. <laughs> yep. Um, did you feel like he was acting normal as far as you know him? Like, did anything seem off to you at yeah. the time? I mean, I've only really interacted with him on the party scene. Sure. So... You know, when you're taking intoxicants, it can get dissociative. You totally could just not care about $600. Right, right. And also, why are you bringing $600 out into the woods for a birthday party? It's not like there's a store out here. But he was being pretty normal, pretty laid back. Seemed to be having a good time. Yeah, he seemed like he was having a great time. He didn't seem upset, really. At least from what I saw. Was he getting along with everyone? Like, did he... 
Is there anybody there that you feel like he was maybe not friends with or wasn't vibing with? Or I'm not sure if he wasn't vibing with anybody, but I could contest to the fact that there was like uh, multiple, I'd have to say like cliques mm-hmm. out there. Like mm-hmm. there's multiple friend groups that came together at one one event, you know, so there was some social divides, maybe people didn't talk to other people just due to the fact they didn't know them prior. Sure. How was it set up, like, with tents and everything? Was all, were all the tents, like, kind of on one side, and then the the buses, because I know there were two buses, one of them has, like, the whole DJ thing going, right? Uh, yeah, there was a short bus, and then a, like, full-size bus, both school buses, Mm -hmm. yellow school buses, and, uh, yeah, if you, like, look on the Google Maps at Hubbo Camp, you can see that there's two sides to the camp. And uh, on the larger side, there was, a, there was a fire. There was the DJ set up in the very back area towards the woods. And then there was picnic table, the short bus, the 30-foot dome, and then there was a parking area. And... On one side of that area, um, on a, on the roadside, there was spaces for tents. And then if you cross the actual road, there's a whole strip for more tents. And then also an area that goes down towards the creek. Okay. So there was ample camping spaces. It was a little bit spread out if you didn't camp on the main side where the DJ was set up and everything. Mm-hmm. Which side were you? Were you near the DJ? Uh, yes, I was, but I was kind of, uh, I set up my tent a little bit further away, uh, near a dry creek bed, just to stay away from the noise. What about Michael? Where was he sleeping, do you know? Um, I'm not actually sure. I heard that he was, uh, he got there, and it was already late, so I'm pretty sure he didn't even set up his tent. So, hmm. I heard that he was, uh, sleeping on the bus, which... It's hearsay. I didn't witness that, but yeah, apparently it was crashing on top of the bus that had a patio platform on the roof. Then also, at one point, I saw him, like, kind of resting on the beanbag near the photo booth. Okay. And then also, uh, I would assume if he needed to, he could go back into Ben's car, who he rode up there with. Right, right. And that's where I had heard, like, his phone and stuff was anyways, so that, that makes sense. Yep. Okay, that's a pretty good idea of just, like, how it was set up, because I was just wondering, like, how far apart is all this stuff if you walked off, but, like, is he super visible, but it sounds like there's plenty of space to wander around. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. I mean, considering it was a full moon that night, Okay. and the time frame that they said he went missing was 4 a.m., so an hour or two until sunrise. Yeah, should have been pretty bright. Considering the full, full moon as well. Okay. So is his group um, that you know him, I mean, besides Ben, do you know who his group kind of is in that? That whole yeah, thing? I mean, I know off the top of my head, I know who he knows, but he's a he doesn't really know a stranger. Alright, so he's just kind of bouncing around. He doesn't really have a specific clique that he's staying with. Having a good yep. time. Has a ton of money go missing. Oh, yeah. Okay, so then you go to sleep the night he... I mean, I guess the night before, since it's 4 a.m., but you go to bed. Yeah, and what time yeah. was that? I would have to say it was around 
two, okay. three, three. Yeah, so kind of right before all that went down. And then woke up. Uh, what, what time did you wake up? I think it was like eight or nine. Okay. So, and by the time you woke up, like, what was the situation like? I actually woke up to people yelling his name, looking for him. So they're already out looking, but didn't wake everybody up in camp. Okay. Who was looking for him? Uh, like a handful of people. Um, like Kyle Rivers was out there looking for him, and I think some of the twins' friends were looking for him at that time. Okay. But nobody woke Ben up, it sounds like. No, just just like me as well. Like I woke up to them searching, so they weren't actively waking people up. Alright, and then from there it probably just all kind of goes downhill. Uh, what? So did you join in looking for him, or what? Like what happened from there? Yep, I woke up, started searching, uh, and then the word was that the twins were going back into town to call for help and uh come to find out they actually went back into town went to their house freshened up went and picked up a friend came back out and then had that friend drive back into service to call authorities and his parents which then resulted into his parents finding out at 4 p.m a whole 12 hour gap who was the friend that had to get sent back in the second time i think it was kyle and when he drove back into service once he was back out there. Uh, he went with Ben. And that's when they kind yeah, of started were... to call the parents. Yep. Did you feel like anything was weird yeah. at that point? Or were you, were you feeling like he just wandered off? Yeah, I was really just focused on searching the area. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't really paying attention to the social aspects of who was doing what at that point. I'm not sure who was just literally breaking down camp and backing out. Right. Which would have been suspicious at that time. But at the point, you don't really even know to look for that. I mean, it doesn't even... Yeah, I'm just trying to look for him specifically in the surrounding areas. Do you know, I mean, going back to the night that that all went down... So his buddy that he drives up there with goes to bed early. You don't go to bed early, but you go to bed at some point, like two or so. Yeah. He's not ready I to go to bed. Got some sleep that night. And then Ben, yeah, so Ben goes to bed at midnight and sleeps till noon. Which yep. I'm like, okay, that's a lot of sleep. Well, <laughs> I mean, if you're taking some yeah, that, toxicants that affect your brain, then you yep. gotta sleep it off. That was kind of my next thought. I was like, okay, so like, what? What was Michael on? Do you know? I mean, I know Parrish has said some stuff that went around, but like, what do you know that he was on that night? I personally, what I was witness to is that I was drinking with him, drinking Mm -hmm. some beers with him, and then uh, also he was doing some ketamine, and that's all that I know Yeah, from my personal eyewitness. Okay. I mean, I kind of... I guess it was just an assumption. I kind of assumed that we maybe were going to be going down like the hallucinogen, but as far as you know, not necessarily. I know that it was out there, but I'm not, I can't say for a fact that he consumed it. Right. Well, that's, that's fair enough. I kind of was thinking like, maybe we'd be able to figure out like what direction he went in, but it sounds like there was so much going on that there's no way. There's just no way. 
Even considering the people that last saw him, uh, one of the twins and Ashley, mm-hmm. they said that he like walked off the bus and uh, how the bus was positioned. It was on the main road and the door exiting it is directly next to the road, concealing it from the majority of the people up by the DJ. Okay. So other than the people on the far side of camp that were camped out on the riverside, he could have just walked right off that bus and then gone in either direction, left or right, and avoided majority of the group. Okay. Um, I did hear you mention at some point, like, the other camps, like some transient-type, like, what, yeah. uh, what do you know about, like, the camps on either side of you guys? Um, it was a little bit of a distance. It was probably a quarter mile each way. There was one... There was one family that was actually camped practically with us on the riverside in an RV. It was a husband, wife, and child, uh, two dogs. And uh, they just move every 14 days because that's the law out there that you can't squat for more than 14 days. And so they just move camp to camp. But uh, it's a real tweet here kind of sketch vibe out that way. Yeah, it sounds like a bad place to go wandering in the middle of the night. Yeah, definitely wouldn't want to go missing out there. Yeah, all right. And then also all the mining community out there. If you walk up on their claim in the middle of the night, they just presume that you're trespassing. How did you even find out about, like, mining? Like, I had no idea that was even a thing. Yeah, I didn't know until uh, Search and Rescue got out there in the family mm-hmm. when they pulled out the map that it was actually a bunch of mining claims. And did they try and contact the people who own the claims? Yeah, they actually got in contact with the, I guess there's a union out there for claim management. Mm-hmm. So they got a hold of them and got a list of the claim owners in that area. Okay. So they got a hold of at least some of the owners out there. Okay. Wow, it's crazy. Like, it just keeps getting deeper and deeper. Yep. I mean, I know Parrish and Tina told me that they had a list and, you know, there was that one that was posted. Um, yeah, initially when they got there, uh, I was part of the group message mm-hmm. uh, planning the party. So I sent a friend back into town with my phone and had them just get all the names that were involved. And then I crossed off who wasn't there and then kept who was there and even added more. Okay, but they but you handed that off to Tina and Parrish, and they, uh, like, early on, it sounds like. Yeah, like, day two. That's super awesome. I know people are giving you kind of a lot of crap. Um, I kind of want to talk about that. Uh, and it's just pushing people further away to be exclusive with their information because they don't want backlash. Okay, we have to talk about this. What Donovan said is exactly what we don't want. We don't want people who want to come forward, but don't because they're afraid of the backlash, even if they didn't do anything wrong. The Brysons like to refer to us as Michael's army. We need to make sure that the actions of our army are supporting the cause. The goal is to bring Michael home. Harassing people to the point where now they don't want to come forward is working against that goal. Do you feel like you've been harassed? Uh, passive-aggressively at the most. I haven't had, like, threats like other people have Mm -hmm. through messages, but 
I mean, there's definitely been a social divide since this was started. Yeah, that sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, and I kind of really tried to say that on the Rick Dancer. Yeah. Like, saying that, uh, like, antagonizing comments doesn't help the situation. Right. And honestly, it was like, there was like 40 plus people out there at that party. There's like 15,000 plus people on this Facebook page. Yeah. When there's 15,000 people criticizing, say, 50, mm-hmm. it really puts a divide on individuals and making them not willing to come forth out of scrutiny. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. It sucks. People just kind of have tunnel vision at the moment. Right. Considering that they want answers and that they're not getting them. Right. All right. Um, Well, I guess I just want to end off with, I mean, I know you don't know, so it's all speculation at this point, but if you had to, if you had to guess right now, like, what do you think happened to Michael? Uh, I've been asked that question a lot, and it's honestly changed over time mm-hmm. from initially to even now. Sure. But I would have to say to simplify that answer would be that he didn't walk off. He was he got in a vehicle because there's no way that he would have made it distance through that thick foliage mm-hmm. with what he was wearing that night right. without leaving a trace. Yeah, I and the distance that he would have had to make, it would have had to be made by a vehicle. Okay. And as far as you know, I mean, vehicles were coming and going pretty regularly, or would a vehicle... Yeah, no one was really paying attention to it either. Right. Know? Like, everyone's having a fun time, just not even expecting the worst, and... So a car, a car yeah. pulling up and then leaving at that time would not have triggered anybody? Nope. Okay. I mean, someone might look over their shoulder and be like, huh, but wouldn't really question it. Right. Okay. Oh, wow. That was, uh, that was perfect. That's exactly what I hope everyone else can do is just like, I don't have anything to hide. Here's what I saw. I mean, I don't know if it's going to do anything, but here it is. So I really appreciate yeah. you doing that. It's, it's super big of you. Yeah, no worries. I just hope that the family and friends and loved ones can find closure on this me too so no matter the outcome me too yeah especially yeah tina and parish just blew me away they're awesome people so they definitely deserve it and michael deserves it too as always i would encourage everyone to join the let's find michael bryson facebook page this is still an open investigation and leads are trickling in if you know any details about the night of michael's disappearance please contact the detective or Mark Perkins, the private investigator. And to those who are actually there, I know I sound like a broken record, but even if you don't think you have any useful information, maybe you were sleeping or you just didn't know Michael very well, please reach out anyways. You never know what a little missing detail may trigger. One thing that's been really hard for me since starting this podcast has been trying to see or hear things with fresh eyes and ears. There's so much information out there that I feel oversaturated in some ways. That being said, I want to start something new. On the Nowhere to be Found Facebook page after each episode, I'll make a post that people can comment their questions on. Not saying we'll be able to answer all of them, or any of them for that matter, but maybe someone listening heard something on tonight's episode, or on a previous episode, that got them wondering. Post your questions and we'll see what happens when we all put our heads together. 
The track you're listening to right now, and one previously on tonight's episode, was compliments of Michael Bryson, a.k.a. Daddy Soundbath himself. Next time, on Nowhere to be Found. Michael's missing, and so we all jumped in the car and drove to Cottage Grove as fast as we could, which is about an hour and a half. It was pretty organized yeah. as far as, like, making sure, like, each town was plastered with flyers. You know, you ask what are some words that describe him. I would definitely say playful. Like, he always had that kind of, like, childlike quality. And he was really good about, like, just sending random, like, you know, I love you, sis, text, or I love you, mom, or just calling. I think they got him really high and he wandered off and something happened to him. Happened to him. Happened to him. We've been asked how our listeners can contribute to the show. So we set up an account with Patreon. Check out the link in our show notes if you're interested in supporting our cause. You can also find it on our website, nowheretobefoundpodcast.com.